like, and welcome back to the championship round. Uh, the win, the victory round. I need to workshop that. I said that, and then I didn't. You know, it's fine. Uh, of course, I am joined here with a single guest, of course. The winner of the inaugural round, the inaugural champion, uh, Roxanne. Uh, we had mentioned uh, what we were talking about, uh, Ernest Angley, um, just in general about his life and stuff. Uh, and I will say from now on, we aren't going to say what we are going to be talking about beforehand, just because it might be uh, like if all these episodes are up and you are a first time viewer, you might see, oh, they're talking about this this week. Uh, I know who picked that in the first round. Uh, I know who wins. And that, I think, takes away from the experience just a little bit. Um, so from now on, it's just going to be a surprise what we talk about. So you won't really have a clue who's going to win unless you're paying attention to the standings, of course. Uh, but with that out of the way, um, Roxanne, you, you've gained my respect. You've beaten my other friends. Prove that you are the friendliest of my friends. I don't know if I'm that friendly. Sentence. How dare you? But this week is, this week is about you. I, I am going to take a s step back here. I'm going to let you do the majority of the talking. Uh, I will interject every so often, uh, just so you don't forget that this is, of course, my show. Um, but yeah, without any further ado, I will, I will yield to Roxanne this week. All right. Thank you very much, Kaysen. I'm excited to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope you are buckled up and you've got some beverages and snacks because uh, I think we're going to be here for a little while. I don't know how long this is going to take. Uh, so um, As long as it needs to. Precise. So... Uh, yeah, just to kind of get get started with talking a little bit about this uh, this motherfucker, um, Ernest Angley. Uh, he was a famous televangelist and leader of the Grace Cathedral uh, in um, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Uh, we are in like the Northeast Ohio area, so like you know, uh, well, most of us are. Um, we the people uh, in this call are. Yes, that's that's true. Uh, so we have kind of uh, some some exposure to all of this. Um, you know, we've heard weird stories about him. Uh, you know, I think uh, almost everybody in this area has a family member or like knows somebody who knows somebody who was involved with the church. Um, but anyway, um, it's it it's not really much of a church, I would say. Um, it's a cult. And uh, Ernest Angley was a cult leader. Um, he was an authoritarian um, who used deceit and manipulative behavior uh, and his charisma. Um, though, uh, honestly, I don't really know what people found charismatic about him. Like, I remember when Kaysan first saw a picture of him, he was like, he's terrifying. He looks like a wax figure. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, this charismatic, uh, wax doll, um, used manipulation to, uh, seek complete control over his congregation's lives. Um, he isolated family members from each other. He, um, forced parishioners to get, uh, abortions and sterilizations. Uh, he focused on maintaining his own image at all costs. Like, no matter the fucking cost, man. 
he covered up his own um, uh, indiscretions. He was definitely gay, uh, despite, um, uh, you know, speaking out vehemently against homosexuality. Um, he sexually abused a lot of men, covered that up. Uh, he uh, also covered up sexual abuse by other high-ranking church officials. Um, he also definitely used his position to enrich himself. Um, he had a very expensive jet, uh, and he did take advantage of free labor uh, at his cathedral buffet. Uh, so a lot of the information um, I got for this uh, came from this really, really fantastic uh, series um, in the Akron Beacon Journal. So I just want to give a little call out to that. Um, in 2014, Bob Dyer did um, uh, an expose on the church and Ernest Angley. Um, uh, it was like a six-part series called Falling from Grace. Uh, and you know what? It was really hard to find. Like I had to use the Wayback Machine to find the articles, which is really sad and honestly makes me kind of skeptical. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Beacon spoke with, uh, 21 former members of the church who all insisted that Angeli had been running a cult, not a church, said he consistently threatened and intimidated his flock into following his instructions. He bullied them into life-changing decisions and he split up families. Um, like, uh, I just want to, I'm going to just pull some quotes, uh, before I get into like the more specific stuff, because um, honestly, some of the some of the shit people said was really powerful. Um, there is this woman, um, a former member of the church, uh, Pam Cable, who said, um, "This man is a monster, uh, and I can't understand why all these years have gone by and nobody's ever really been able to do anything about him." Uh, the people in Akron, Ohio, have a Jim Jones sitting in their backyard. The people in his congregation would drink the Kool-Aid if he told him to. Then, too. They would. Um, another guy, uh, Kenny Montgomery, also uh, mentioned Jim Jones um, and said, this place is a textbook cult. Uh, so uh, I think that, you know, when you're asking yourself whether or not something is a cult, a good rule of thumb is probably... Um, if people who get out of it say it's a cult, I think it's a cult. W would you agree with that? I think my thoughts are like this. If you if you watch like a movie that has a cult as the main feature and you're like, huh, that's funny. That kind of reminds me of my, then you have a problem. Like if at, at any point, do you, do you think like, hmm, that's weird. Do other churches do this? Maybe you should take a step back and ask yourself, is this healthy for me? Uh, and I would say not just originally to say a cult, because especially if you're in that mindset, you're not going to go like, oh, <laughs> I'm in a cult, obviously. No, you're going to deny because you've been uh, either brainwashed or you've just been like, if you've been a part of this for like so long, you're like, no, Ernest Angeli, he's, he's a great guy. He's a pillar of the community. Like, you don't want to believe that someone could do this to you or to someone else if it's not happening to you. And it might just take a while to realize that, you know, maybe some people just kind of suck. Uh, 
all human beings are flawed in many different ways, some more than others. And sometimes you just got to realize that, like, you got to take a step back and go, maybe this guy wasn't as great as I thought he was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine this. I'm not a very religious person. I've never, I've only gone to church like on Christmas. So I, I've never been, eh, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but I've never grown up with the beliefs of church. The only thing I have is, um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And that's pre-Jesus. So if anything, I'm slightly Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I um, I definitely, I grew up in the church. Um, not not this church. I was going to say, not this no. church. <laughs> no, uh, a brethren church. Uh, Ernest Angeli was Pentecostal. Um, Ew. But I, I did, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are nice Pentecostal people, but um, I had a scary grandmother who was Pentecostal and would speak in tongues. Um, <laughs> I've only ever heard Pentecostal Christians referred to in, like, fear and, like, oh, I had a terrible grandma. Because, like, the stand-up comedian <laughs> was like, I had a Pentecostal Christian grandma, and she was horrifying. I've never heard anything good. I'm so sorry to any Pentecostal listeners. Um, I'm sorry that you're terrifying. Um, no, but actually, I apologize for them. (laughs) They believe in fire and brimstone and that we're all going to hell because we are not specifically Pentecostal Christians. I mean, you you go to hell. We're going to hell. You and me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if that were a thing. Right. Uh, (laughs) which Fred, uh, Fred Armisen from easy, I would say, yes, it is. Sorry, have you seen easy? I have not. Because in that movie, he's just randomly a reverend. And he, and like, the main character's like, if hell exists, he's like, it exists. And he, he's great in it. Go watch Easy A. I did an episode on it. Sorry. Back to you, Roxanne. Nice plug. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I think um, I, I'd like to just kind of um, give, a, give a little brief overview. Um, actually, I don't know how brief it's going to be. Um, a timeline of Angelie's life. Um, Before I get into like, you know, what uh, horrible things came out specifically about him. Um, So um, another big thanks to the Akron Vegan Journal. Um, So this was an article written um, like right after his death. Uh, And, you know, I'm not going to tell you just yet when he died. I I don't want to spoil it. Um, I was about to ask. (laughs) uh, The author was Amanda Garrett. Um, so, uh, Angeli was born, uh, August 9th, 1921 in rural North Carolina. Uh, and, Gross. uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina always trying to take stuff from Ohio and give us the bad stuff. Right. We invented aviation. Yes. Suck it. It is, that is North Carolina, right? Not South Carolina. It is, no, it's okay. North Carolina. hundred percent. Good. Yeah. Screw you guys. Um, so, uh, he, uh, he started preaching at 19, uh, in the spring of 1941 before he actually had like formal training, uh, at like his local church, uh, and at local revivals. Uh, and that summer he held a two week meeting, uh, in Mooresville, North Carolina. And, uh, I, I liked these stats that were provided. Um, uh, so 29 people were sanctified, whatever that means, uh, 21 were filled with the Holy Ghost. 
also don't know what that means. Um, and five people joined the church. Uh, Only five people from those numbers joined the church? Right. I mean, I don't know if maybe, you know, the sanctified people and the people were filled, who were filled with the Holy Ghost, maybe they were already in the church. Uh, or maybe they were just like, you know what, that's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just like get the Holy Ghost up in me and then just dip? That's all I need. So, uh, so then that fall, um, he did actually enroll in um, Tennessee's uh, Church of God Bible Training School. Uh, it's now known as Lee University. Uh, there, he met his future wife, uh, Esther Lee Sykes, whom he nicknamed Angel. Ugh. What a creative nickname for a Christian. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, no, I had a thought. I'll, I'll get to that thought later. Um, in, uh, 43, um, he graduated, uh, they got married and, uh, they moved to Tampa, Florida. Uh, at that time he was of course, like, he was a Florida man, right? He, yeah. He was a Florida man. Ugh. Local Florida man starts cult in Ohio. That, that's, I mean, it's too perfect. The headline writes itself. Um, so, so at this time, um, he, he was licensed as an evangelist, uh, with the church of God. Um, he did later advance to full ordination. Um, uh, so, but then, so between 43 and 54, uh, he and his wife, uh, they traveled a lot. They held tent revival meetings. Um, uh, they were pulling really big crowds. He was getting pretty popular. Um, he, uh, published his first book, which was also popular. I didn't bother to take down the name because, uh, fuck that. Um, yeah, don't go read the book. Yeah. Um, in, uh, 1954, uh, he parted ways with the church of God. Um, it's, uh, evidently it's, it's unclear why. Um, just that, that, that's all, that's all that was mentioned. Um, there might be more information on that elsewhere. Uh, if there is, I just, I did not dig hard enough. I'm kind of curious. Unbelievable. So unprofessional. Yeah. Unprofessional. But after he parted ways with God. Yes. Oh, sorry. Parted. The church of God. <laughs> uh, but uh, so by, by June of that year, uh, he was holding tent services in Springfield Township, uh, which uh, if anyone. That's in not, Ohio. Yeah. Yes. That is in Ohio. That's where the Simpsons takes place. <laughs> yes. Uh, that it takes place in that Springfield. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's in Northeast Ohio. It's like basically Akron. Um, and, uh, then he and his wife announced that, I don't know whom they announced it to, like, um, but they made an announcement that Akron was now their home. Uh, <laughs> that's just, that's so unhinged. It's like, attention everyone. I am now living here. Just, um, I'm just going to put that on Facebook that I'm living here now. Make it official. Who are you? So, um, so by September of that year, um, they uh, started holding services inside the Liberty Theater on, uh, it, it's like in downtown. At a theater? Africa. At a theater. Um, it, I had to look this up because I was like, is it still there? Uh, it is not. Uh, it is now a Kia dealership. Um, <laughs> sorry, I giggled. That's, that was a warranted giggle. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, so the next year, um, I wonder if it's still Holy Ground. 
I'm, or no, sorry, it's not even. It was a theater at first. I'm yeah. stupid. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was a holy theater. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was realistically, you know, native blood was probably spilled on that soil, and uh, the land is cursed. The land is stolen, etc. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> nice big uh, downer in the middle of this um, episode about a bunch of. We're downers. not. Gonna, we're not going to talk about IBMs. Indian burial grounds for those at home. IBGs. Oh, mounds. Mounds. Sorry. No, I think I said it wrong. It is IBG. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of something else. My bad. I thought you didn't make mistakes. Uh, I'm always correct, but I'm not without mistake. Uh-huh. I, never cl- I never said I didn't make mistakes. K-San makes a mistake uh, precisely because he means to. Now that's how you start a cult. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's not let's not go down that line. Um, so anyway. Come on down to my seminars, guys. I'm going to talk about the word of me. <laughs> so anyway. Um, eventually, uh, he does open up a church uh, in Springfield. Um, the which he called the Temple of Healing Stripes. Uh, and this isn't the the one with the cult, right? He had a different one. Um, I mean, I don't. Or is this know. the same one? Oh, so this is a different church. I mean, okay. different structure. Um, but I mean, I don't know, like, at what point he became a cult leader. You know, I mean, I just feel like he kind of always was a shitty person, probably. Uh, but he might not have uh, gotten to the state of just complete unchecked ego. Sure, but this point. isn't where he started, like where the cult stuff was definitely happening. No. Happening. So this was, um, this was in Springfield township. Um, uh, so the temple of healing stripes, which was later renamed grace cathedral. Um, and uh, in 1959, he started producing a local TV show hour of faith uh so just a little check-in and just to clarify that's not his big tv show we'll get into that later um so at this point he's got a congregation of over three thousand people um he invested in a fifteen thousand dollar fountain of blood is what he called it um it i guess there wasn't actually blood um but it was a big like fountain with a cross, um, in front of the church, which I, I know this, this fountain, like I've seen it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, stupid. Uh, Do you have any, any reason why it was called that? Probably, I don't know, Jesus, blood, something like, like but that was wine. Did like, did they at least put red food coloring in the water? No. Uh, it's just like a fountain. That they just call the fountain of blood, but I, I it's do also just remember. horrifying. Like it, it's horrifying, but I do come on remember. down to Grace Cathedral. We've got the fountain of blood. We hold baptisms every so often. Sorry, I don't know who does baptisms. Is that just Baptists? Uh, no. I mean, most most uh, Protestant sects do baptisms. I mean, I was baptized. I've been sanctified. Whoa, 
I don't know if Big I've been money. filled with the Holy Ghost, though. Uh, I, I, I am not. I, I think I would know. Uh, I think I'd be making a report if I was. Um, I am not a religious person anymore. Um, Show us on the doll where the Holy Ghost filled you. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Uh, but anyway, uh, a note about that fountain. Um, you know, when I was in college, um, one no, of my I don't. bosses... Well, I was in college. Um, uh, one of my bosses uh, was telling me uh, about how when she was younger, um, like her coworkers at whatever place she was working at when she was young would like, as a prank to the church, they'd put like dish soap into the fountain. So it would just bubble up. Yeah, bubble up. And I remembered thinking like, oh, that's kind of funny, but that's really mean. Uh, but now that I know what I know, I think, ha, fuck them. <laughs> so, uh. It would have been fucked up if it had led him to, like, it's a sign from God. He probably did. I Well, I mean, he probably said, uh, you know, that the kids who did that were demons or something. And, uh, I don't know, made them disappear or something. Uh, to clarify, I don't think he ever disappeared anybody. It's not, cl- it's not documented he's thing. not he's not a mafia boss no that we know of that would be interesting like a, a a church preacher who's also a mafia boss i mean i'm sure that exists like they've got to make a movie on that that's like a million dollar idea i think like they did Amish mafia can you imagine christian mafia it sounds like the, like the regular mafia but with way less style <laughs> you te- you tell Tony Ferrigno that he's going to be sleeping with God tonight. <laughs> he's going to join the kingdoms of rest. Sorry, the mansions of rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The so, kingdom um, of God. Now, uh, speaking of the kingdom of God, on a sad note, uh, not really a sad note, I actually don't give a fuck. Uh, in December 1970, uh, Esther Angel, Angeli, uh died. Uh, also, it's his own last name. Like, Angeli is, like, so close to God, yeah. or Angel, and he named his girlfriend that. It's, yeah, it's, like. It's already possessive. You know what? You're right. It, yeah, it's, like, super narcissistic. Like, I mean, I don't know much about her as a person but like like it, like if i called that. my girlfriend like a coupette <laughs> yeah like like that's just just yeah i called my girlfriend uh mini turner coupette my whole life okay. like that's fucked up yeah 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 i don't like that um, but yeah i mean for, for, for the most part i think she wouldn't have been a part of the cult stuff like obviously he was just a sucky human being but like i do we have any evidence that she was a sucky human being or that because it could have been she was keeping him in check and then she and then she dies i mean she was also like a fire and brimstone christian and she was involved in those early like tent meetings and stuff but i mean she was dead before you know all the a lot of the allegations really, came out yeah, yeah all the crazy shit started happening so yeah honestly you you might be right um man well yeah you because actually... especially if you have someone who's like no gay is bad gay is a sin he's going to internalize it and then probably not 
not be homosexual at that point as much as he can. She was the only thing keeping him from assaulting those men. Tragic. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, sadly, I guess actually sadly, Esther died in 1970 of colitis at the age of 49. Uh, I didn't know you could die of colitis. Um, I guess it's what actually. Is, what is colitis? It's like a stomach thing. Ulcerative colitis. Well, I feel like if they are fire and brimstone Christians, they would be like, oh, something's wrong. Better not go to the hospital. Better pray it away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's 100% what happened there. Probably. And then he was just lucky and never got anything that would have killed him. Or maybe he got to the point where he was like, no, I'll go to the doctor. Like, Gotta make sure my my parishioners don't go without their uh, reverend. Yeah. Like, I mean, rules for thee, but not for me, you know, that kind of thing. So she passes away. Yeah. And actually, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, probably a lot of truth to what you were saying. Cause yeah, then I've cracked the code, they, you guys. Yeah. Casey's got it. Casey's always right. I can see right. the matrix. I am correct. Because in 1972, that is when he started his show, The Ernest Angley Hour. Um, and, and then he named this show The Ernest Angley Hour. <laughs> this man is full of himself, 100%. And it's just so transparent and it's like gross. Um, and I mean, the show, like it continued for like more than 50 years. Um, and uh, then in 74, he started a national crusade mission is what he called it. Um, he started it in St. Louis um, and then was traveling around the country. Uh, and uh in 1980, he expanded his mission internationally. Uh, he visited 39 countries. He was going to hospitals, orphanages, schools, prisons. And uh, he was, you know, spreading the word of God. He was healing people. Like, I, I watched some videos of him, like, healing people. And they're, like, super fucking weird. Like, he would, like, like slap them on the forehead. And uh, he would say, like, like, out, demon. Uh, he would, like, restore people's, restore, in quotes. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know what? Maybe he actually was performing miracles. Who fucking knows? Um, he would, like, restore people's sense of smell, people's sight, people's ability to walk. Uh, and, you know, everybody is just completely wowed by him. Um, there, uh, there were some mishaps during his crusades, though. Um, Actually, got a separate little section in my notes titled "Crusade Mishaps." Um, I actually thought it was going to end up being longer, um, but it's still, you know, the fact that it warranted a section is is funny to me. Um, so, uh, in '78, um, there was an old woman who um, she was a heart patient, and she died at a rally in North Carolina. Uh, she was 65 years old. Um, according to the fire inspector, uh, she laid on the floor for 15 minutes before an ambulance was called. And, uh, an usher said, uh, leave her alone. She's in the spirit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the 
church is responsible for the death of an elderly woman. Um, in a, and that was 74? Uh, 78. Come on, guys. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I, I just, like, I, I don't know how he uh, recovered from that. In the 70s, you know, like, people, like, people actually, That's I don't like know, care right about shit. That's, like, before the satanic then. panic in D&D. And you're going to yeah. have a woman collapse in a church meeting, like a, like a temple church thing, and when all of them prayed for her to get back up and it didn't happen, you're telling me that no one shut him down? Yeah, I mean, now to be clear, I guess it was an usher who said that. It wasn't Angelie himself. Well, presumably uh, you see that that woman goes right. down. He must have. I'm 100% sure that he was. he told everyone to pray for her right then and there. I bet, yeah. Let's pray for like, this woman. The Lord has taken upon it himself to question our faith in this time. We must we must pray. Put your hands in the air. Reach for the Holy Spirit to bring him down to feel this woman. Wait, and actually, like he does that for 15 minutes and then the paramedics show up. Hold up. God has sent the paramedics. Is that what being filled with the Holy Spirit looks like? So, like, did he kill people at the, that early meeting? <laughs> Does the Holy Spirit uh, take the form of death? Maybe. I mean, I think, you know, death, like the Grim Reaper, I mean, he, you know, it's got to be like a Holy There's Spirit. There's the angel of death. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was filled with the Holy Spirit of death. That is to say um, dead. Yeah. So... I do not. I am sorry. I was really just disrespectful to that woman. Um, yeah, may well, she rest I, in peace. Very, very sorry, woman whose name we don't know. Nope. You didn't deserve that. You <laughs> deserve to have medical attention. Yeah, yeah. She. I think she would have preferred that. Um, so, uh, yeah. In um, in 1984, um, when he was in Munich. Uh, Angley was arrested and charged uh, for practicing medicine without a license and also suspicion of fraud. Um, now, you know, I actually didn't dig deeper into finding out what specific kind of fraud it was uh, or if it was just kind of like I mean, general fraud. I mean, I mean, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> look at this wax figure come to life. <laughs> That's yeah. already fraud there. Uh, but yeah, he, he only ended up spending one day in jail. He was released after he paid his $14,000 bond. Um, $14,000? Yeah. Yeah, of course he had that kind of money. Well, I'm just saying for the charge, like practicing without medicine license and fraud, like I feel like both of those are pretty big things and it's only 14000 I mean, I... I don't know. I don't know how and Germany is that euros things. or what was the a, German currency in the eighties? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, and when when did the when did the when did the Berlin Wall come down? Fuck, I think that was after this. You know, I just used the information that was in the article. Um, Can't believe so, you didn't go above and beyond. Nope. <laughs> if you had put over. this together, you would have. I probably wouldn't. So. uh yeah, I guess as you're looking that up. Um, 
Funny enough, uh, the next day after he was released, uh, Munich was struck by the largest hailstorm in history. And uh, Angeli basically was like, you know, this is God's vengeance. Um, you would say that. Right, of, of course. It was, it was 1989, a full five years after this event. Yeah, so the Berlin, Berlin Wall was torn down, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he for some reason he went to Germany while the Berlin Wall was still up. Feels like Wait, though. But he was in Munich. Uh, well, I don't know which how side far of the away wall that is. that on? I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. Let me look. I'm not great with geography. I will say that right now. The only bit of Munich I know is from the X-Men movies where Nightcrawler is from the Munich Circus. Well, I was known as the Incredible Nightcrawler. And like, that's lame. What, like, they gave you that name? That's not a very cool name. But to be fair, his name is just Kurt. Eh, That's better than Kurt. Like, he's going to be called a worm name? You know, because a worm, yeah. a nightcrawler. You know, I forget that those that's are the a worm giant worms. When, yeah. yeah, no one, giant no one brings it up. It would be hilarious if, in the comics, that Toad kicked the shit out of Nightcrawler every time, because he's a Toad and he's a Nightcrawler. But like, they don't bring that up. Whatever. So where, where is Munich? Uh, honestly, I see it on the map. Are we going to, like, trim some of the fat from this conversation? Uh, I, we might as I well just like... move on from this okay. point. So, <laughs> hailstorm happens hail in Munich. Happens. Yeah. Um, one of the, you said the worst or one of the worst? Uh, at the time this article was written, um, but, you know, now I'm kind of questioning some so of the validity. the article, sorry, when was this article written? The 2014 expose? Uh, this was written in 2021. Okay. And that they brought up that Munich thing. They said it was the largest in history, uh, but um, I sorry, don't know, Munich. Um, yeah, in Munich, and it, this happened in '84. So actually, I mean, I don't know if there have been larger hailstorms since then. And you can look that up yourself. Yeah. We don't. We we are going to do that now. We've this already looked up two stuff, and that's two stuff more than we should have. Yeah. And so after he left, after he leaves Munich. Uh, yeah, so, um, so honestly, his fame just starts really, really growing. Um, he is becoming like kind of a bit of a household name. He's mentioned alongside other like big televangelists. Um, uh, you know, those, those guys, cause I would yeah, know them. their names. Um, but, uh, in 1985, he then purchases, um, an office building in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, uh, and moves his headquarters there. Uh, and uh, in 86, he buys the Cathedral Buffet restaurant, which was part of Rex Humbard's uh, Cathedral of Tomorrow complex. So, Rex Humbard. Uh, now, do you know anything about him, really? No. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about old Rexy. Um, so uh, he was a televangelist, um, also Pentecostal. Um, he uh, had his like whole complex. Um, he ran into some issues with the SEC uh, for some 
shady activities in the 70s. Um, you know, I tried to read about it, but honestly, I didn't understand it. So I was just like, all right, shady activities. Um, we don't we don't care about him. He's not the main topic. No. Nah. Um, but uh, a funny thing uh, he did, because, um, you know, guys like this are just like, you know, megalomaniacs. Uh, he started building a rotating tower restaurant at his complex. Um, and he also planned to broadcast uh, a local TV station, um, like his own TV station, WCOT. So like W Church of or Cathedral of Tomorrow, I guess. Um, but uh, due to the investigation, uh, he had to stop building. And uh, since then, like that tower, um, is, it's actually used as a cellular tower. But uh, if anyone's ever been to Cuyahoga Falls, uh, there is just this weird uh, cylindrical structure. It is really tall. Um, it's like kind of a landmark. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not like it's not like a landmark you want to go see, uh, but like everybody recognizes it. It like looks sort of like a, um, like a, you know, one of like the stacks at a. Um, I was gonna say like a nuclear turbine. Yeah, but it's like thinner. Oh my god, it's, like, I know exactly out. what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know it's you didn't know. It's by the weather vane. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like on. So when I drove there, we would pass it. I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> I was like, because you were like, it's like a giant thing, and I, and then you started saying like stack, and like like a nuclear, like a nuclear power. And you were like, yeah, thinner. And I go, I know exactly what you're talking. Because it is a radio tower now. Because they have all the radio stations right next to it. Yeah. Because I was going to say, important question. Does it rotate? I don't believe so, no. I don't. Then that's bullshit. Yeah. So Especially if he's saying it's going to rotate. Like, what? why does it need to rotate? But no, I know. Because it, it is super tall. Yeah. Like, if you ever get lost in this area, it, it is actually kind of nice. Uh, you know, if you, like, look around and you see off in the distance, like, oh, there's the tower. Okay. I know if I head that way, I'll be heading towards, like, that street. Like, it's... You know, silly. there was, like, a couple comic book shops right by it that me and my mom used to go to. Really? I, I don't know. We might be talking about different things. No, I, I, 100%, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Like it's we'll in that area and like, no, I think I know. Okay. But yeah, so he buys that from Rex, whatever. Yeah. And, um, so, um, wait, did he buy the tower? Uh, he, did he just buy his compound? You know, that's actually a really, Oh, okay. So I don't know if the tower was at one point owned by Angeli. Um, but the last thing I did read about the tower's ownership is that a businessman bought it. I don't know who the businessman is. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so, so Angeli, you know, basically buys this whole complex, maybe including the tower, maybe not. Um, and, uh, he's, uh, he's really getting like, um, you know, in with like, making this whole compound a, a thing. Like, so he's running the Cathedral Buffet restaurant. Um, he launches a website in 98. Um, you know, just a, a little little tidbit. 
in January 1999, um, a 15-year-old girl was stabbed and killed um, while volunteering at the cathedral buffet. Um, and side note, uh, the volunteers were actually slaves, uh, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, so, uh, apparently, um, the girl, um, who was murdered, uh, Cassandra Blondheim, uh, she had made complaints to, uh, Angely, uh, that this guy who stabbed her had been harassing her. Uh, the guy who stabbed her um, was Shane Parton. Um, and of course, I assume this was before that, uh, before he stabbed her? Yes. <laughs> wow, crazy. A woman going and saying, hey, this man's harassing me, then ends up being stabbed by the gentleman. Yeah. It's Sorry. Uh, by the guy. No respect there. Yeah. He was... Sorry, no, I do use gentleman, like, kind of ironically. It's a form of... Form of annoyance, almost. I, I dig that. By the but yeah, way, so she just, sorry. Oh, sorry. By the way, she was fifteen and he was twenty-seven. Like, what the fuck? Uh, well, it was the nineties. I'm kidding. That was disgusting. Any day yeah. and age. No, you're you're right. But I mean, the nineties was you know even more. Disgusting. It was a different time twenty years ago. <laughs> I was alive. Um, so was I for yeah. like a year. But uh yeah, so so anyway, um So Blondheim, also a woman's just stabbed in his church or in his, the cathedral buffet. In the buffet. Yes. So the restaurant is like right next to the the cathedral. Okay. Thankfully it wasn't in the cathedral, it's we're just yeah. right next to it. I mean, I'm sure if it was in the cathedral, like, you know, the Holy Ghost would have probably, like, stopped his knife. I don't know. No, he was clearly filling her with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what his knife was called. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, um, so anyway. Uh, and this also doesn't shut down his cathedral. I would assume. Did no. it at least shut down the restaurant? Uh, this did not shut down the restaurant. No. Oh, my God. No, yeah, it keeps keeps going. Um. Now, Blondheim's family did sue Angley for wrongful death because he had ignored uh, Cassandra's uh, complaints. Um, but, like, the church ultimately uh, ends up paying $100,000 to settle the case. You know, whatever. So they just keep on, keep on culting on. Uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's still going on strong. Cult on. 2004, uh, he buys his uh, big old Boeing 747. Uh, and that is, is the course of a plane, just for yes. those of you who might not know the uh, exact termination. Well, it's not a plane. It's a jet. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I am, I, I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Casey. I'm not an idiot. Um, unless you say you're an idiot, which you did, so you are. Um, I have fallen on my own sword. <laughs> You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. God damn it. <laughs> but uh yeah, the, the jet is so large it um didn't fit inside any of the hangers. How uh, large was it? <laughs> yeah, it like couldn't fit in any of the hangers at Akron Canton Airport. It's like stupid. Um yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Um 
Then uh How sorry, how long after the woman get the the girl getting stabbed did he buy the Boeing? Uh 5 years later. Okay. I it would it would have been slightly funnier if it was like a month after. <laughs> oh, it would have been horribly fucked up, but Yeah. F- oh, 5 God. years, you know, some sometime. Yeah, 5 years. He's had some time too. Do, do they have figures on how much it cost him or do we just think, um, you know, had to be expensive? You know, I, I think I have I have some information on that uh, in a later segment of this. Because you, you do, like you say, it's a jet. It's yeah. not like a private jet. Like like a Boeing 747 is like a normal-sized plane. Yeah. They're it's huge. Big. Like you it's can fit board. so many people in them. Like why do you need this? Yeah, it's just like outrageous. Uh, you know, it was for church activities, of course. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, 10 years go by, and he's doing his, you know, he's called non. Uh, but then in 2014, uh, there is a bombshell. Um, former assistant pastor of the church, Brock Miller, quits his job. Um, he tells his friends and family he's been violated by Angeli over the course of seven years. Um he does later file a lawsuit against him and the church, uh, claiming that Angelie sexually abused him. Um, they did eventually uh, reach a private settlement on that. Um, and uh, so a couple months after that, because at that point, a lot of things were coming out. Um, the beacon did. Except for Angelie. Yeah, except for Angelie. You know, I almost feel bad for him. Almost. I don't. Yeah, I didn't say that I did. You don't almost feel bad for him. No, I don't. No. I don't. No, not at all. <laughs> completely irredeemable. I mean, he is completely irredeemable. Um, but, uh, yeah, so The Beacon does this story in October 2014. Um, now, in 2017, uh, here's where things get a little juicier. Uh, the Cathedral Buffet closes um, for a little bit. Uh, after a U.S. district court ruled that the restaurant had to pay $388,000 in back wages and damages to more than 200 congregation members uh, because they volunteered at the for-profit restaurant, which benefited the nonprofit ministry. Uh, Angeli did uh, later file an appeal to that judgment, um, and he won, saying that... uh, you know, we won't do that again. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about. He won't do it again. Like he, he close. You close. Close the restaurant. <laughs> Unless he just goes and buys a second restaurant. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I since I I don't have my my article on the the restaurant in front of me. Um, there is actually a point when. He got in trouble for using slave labor and then was like, I won't do that again. And they're like, okay. And then he does it again. Um, And then he actually got shut down. So that's right. 2017 is when he was actually totally shut down and the buffet did not open back up. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, I like, I know a lot of people who ate there. I never did. Um, Luxby said that they ate there. I was going to say. Is the food good? People said it was good. I don't know. Like what a tragic loss, actually. Now, 
Um, so uh, this was not included on this timeline, but I wanted to stick it in here because um, I think it's relevant. Um, January 2019, um, an audio recording of Angeli was made public. Um, so in 1996, somebody secretly recorded him uh, telling an assistant minister that he had a sexual relationship with a man uh, who was employed by the cathedral. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was kept secret, like nobody heard the recording. Uh, but at that time, uh, the rumors about uh, the sexual relationship uh, did lead to like between 100 and 300 people leaving the church. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, that recording actually came out in 2019. Um, I, I want to say it was January because all the articles on it I saw were from January. Um, like they just left because they found out he was gay. You know, it was uh, it was a little bit messier than that. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it was that. Because um, I'm like, it would be a bit fucked up if that's the only reason they left. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I I gotta say. That is one thing that I I do not know for sure. Um, I I don't know if they were leaving because, um, you know, they were just shithead homophobics, homophobes who uh, thought that, um, you know, that was wrong. Or if it was that there was some type of uh, coercive relationship there, which honestly there probably was. Or if it was that they didn't like his hypocrisy of, you know, publicly saying homosexuality is a sin. Uh, while doing this behind closed doors. Um, probably a little bit of all of those things. Um, I'd hope. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, it, it seems like, uh, I don't know if that tape being released uh, is what shook him, but in February of that year, um, he did abruptly take a step back from daily operations of ministry, uh, after he failed to complete a sermon. Uh, I mean, he was pretty fucking old at this time also. So, I mean, I think his health was just starting to decline at that point. Um, when was his TV? Like, did he still have his TV show? You know, you said it was like 50 years and he started it in the seventies. Oh gosh. You know what? I didn't, I didn't check what date it stopped airing. Wait, is it? You said the Ernest Angley hour. It might still be running actually. Give me a second. Yeah. If you can check that for me stellar um but uh yeah so anyway um he stops uh doing daily operations uh two other pastors i forgot what he looked like and just seeing (laughs) that wax figure again he's horrifying like uh what what do you think he would sound like when he speaks hold on i'm looking at the power of the holy ghost magazine (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that's the first thing that happens when I clicked on it. So, um... I'm saying, like, there's an upload on YouTube that was in 2020? Okay. And I'm saying where to watch? It it looks like it's still going. Shit, even even after his death. Yeah, it says where to watch Ernest Angley Ministries unless they're doing, like, reruns? Okay. Hold on, let me. I got Oh God. Well, you said he was. Um, he was from the South, right? 
Um, yeah, he, he was from um, oh, North Carolina. I mean, sort of sale. Like, I found a picture of him when he was younger. Yeah, he looked he looked good. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, when he was young and he was pulling people in, I mean, I guess I could sort of get it. But he's not, like, so attractive that I'd be, like, fawning over him. Hmm. If I if I had a if I had to put a voice because I've never heard him speak, I'm sure he's got a show. It's kind of. I got like a feeling it. he might kind of sound like this. Come on and put your hands together and pray for God. You've actually no. been very kind to him. It's actually a little bit more like, like high pitched and reedy. High pitched like this? Seriously, yeah. The power of God. Yeah, it's he has a gross voice. Um, yeah, okay, dude, I, I think the Ernest Angeli Hour is actually still on, so I think I misspoke earlier Oof. when I, I said it was uh, it was no longer on, because I just assumed it wasn't running anymore. My bad. Whoops. Anyway. Yeah, so throughout all of this, the girl getting stabbed, the uh, his buffet being closed down twice, mm-hmm. once permanently... And now the video recording of him coming out saying he is homosexual, or at least in a homosexual recording. And his show is still going. Yeah, still going. Uh, Yeah, and he, um, to be clear, he also has not uh, ever faced criminal charges at this point. Uh, Well, he he has never been convicted of, like, anything. (laughs) He's, like, never had... He can't be convicted of being gay. Yeah, well, yeah. Anymore. I mean, um, but, uh, yeah, so he steps back from operations in February of 2019. Uh, two pastors, uh, Chris Mashimer and Steve Millar, uh, they kind of take over. Um, later that year, um, the Cathedral Buffet, um, and uh, there's, like, another property that's, like, attached to the cathedral that are slated to go to sheriff's sale. Um, after um, he was sued uh, on a defaulted loan. Um, uh, but uh, at the last minute, it's pulled from sheriff sale. And um, his, uh, Angeles Winston Broadcasting Network, um, maintains ownership of the property. Um, now, his, uh, in, his jet was uh, grounded for a while in 2019 and remained there until his death. Uh, in May 7th, on May 7th, 2021, uh, he, uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit, um, leaving, uh, a sister-in-law and a niece. Uh, he had no children, uh, because having kids in this world is bad, which we'll talk about. Uh, so, so anyway, Jesus, we're at already almost an hour and I still got so much to say. So, thoughts before I... I hop into it. I mean, I was going to bring up a point earlier and I was like, no, I think this will tie in better when we get to the no children thing, uh, which I still think will be. uh, So I'll wait until then. All right. Cool. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. We've already talked to you know about some stuff that's not great, but we'll, we'll get into like, I think the details of it and the more stuff. So please continue. All right. So uh, let's start talking about uh, 
the allegations of sexual abuse against Mr. Angley. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of want to call him, can we call him like, uh, like angel fingers or something like, no, just, no. Okay. I kind of want to just call him something stupid. Um, uh, angel I fingers is actually cool. Um, it's not, it's not cool, but like, it's not, it's not like horrifying. It's like, like touched by an angel. Ooh. Yeah. And that, that show is not at all what I thought it was. And it's just about like an angel helping people. I'm like, that's not touched by an angel. I was expecting, anyways. You were expecting, uh, like, somebody like Ernest Angley. Um, Whether it was going to be, like, a Christian show or, like, like angel fucking someone. (laughs) Because, like, I don't think there's a romance in it. Like, the angel of death is there, but, like... I don't think it's supposed to be like the angel romances anyone. Also, I think Jesus is in the season series finale, and it's what? hilarious. Why wouldn't he be? Like, like she's like a lawyer or something. I don't fully understand. Jesus is a she and is a lawyer. No, 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 no. Which sorry, sound? the angel the, about the show cool. that is about, and she she has to defend Jesus. And it, she doesn't realize because I think I think the guy's name is Joshua, which is just that this is the pro- modern day Jesus. And it's not until the end of the episode where she's like, "I'm going to give up my angel status for you." That it's just like, "Oh yeah, it was Jesus. This was a test." <laughs> Spoiler alert for touched by an angel, you guys. The Lord testing people and stuff—that's fucked up. Also, anyway. they drive a car. Like that's a big thing about the show, apparently. Like, they just have an angel mobile? I mean, that sounds like this is a superhero show you're describing. I don't know, man. Um, But yeah, so, anyway, I don't know. Um, It was a stupid name that we can call him. uh, The importance of being earnest. Well, that's so long. You know, um... It's like a show or movie or something. Yeah, like, somebody somebody should probably write a book with that title. Um... No, it it fully is something. Yeah, that was, that was the joke. Okay, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Brock Miller in 2014 uh, comes out with some allegations against uh, Ernest Angley. Now, um, Brock Miller was an associate pastor. Um, he stepped down from his position. Um, told told his friends and his family um, he'd been violated by Angeli for seven years, couldn't take it anymore. Uh, now, to be clear, uh, Miller did not, uh, like, come out and make a public statement like this. Like, he left and told this to people who were close to him. Um, he, uh, like, he declined requests for interviews. Um, he wasn't trying to, like, lead a smear campaign on Angley, which I, I guess I don't know if it's a smear campaign, if it's true. Um, you know, I'm assuming this is all true. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he tried to do this pretty quietly. Um, he was, um, uh, to give you a little context. Um, so when, uh, you know, he came out with these allegations that he was 29 at the time. So that means he would have been like 22 when it all started. Um, and you know, Angley was, a uh, was an old dude. Uh, I mean, it's creepy and, you know, all of the things he did to 
to various men were, were very wrong. Uh, but just keep that age differential in mind. Um, so, um, I don't know, do, do we want to briefly describe what, uh, what Brock accused Angelie of doing? I mean, I think we already have like, like, is it like an uber specific thing? I won't get too specific. I, but just trigger warning. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, I was going to say we should at least have a warning. Yeah. Yeah. We should probably have one at the beginning of that. Anyway. Um, so he, um, I'll Angelie, put in the description of the, uh, yeah. Angelie, uh, made him undress, touched him. Uh, he said this was a special anointing. Like what the fuck? Um, he, um, there was also an incident where, um, Angelie like invited Brock to his bedroom, uh, said he was going to teach him how to give a good kiss. Uh, he said he was going to teach him how to masturbate and like, you know, Brock masturbated in front of him. Like, uh, you know, I, I read some stuff with, um, like an interview with Brock and, uh, you know, he was just devastated by all of this that had happened. Um, you know, he said, like, I was so brainwashed. Uh, I truly believed that this was the right thing, you know, just going along with what Angela told him to do because he trusted him. Uh, and like, he, he was somebody who grew up in the church. Um, he, um, like his mom was a close friend of Angelie's, uh, had worked at the church for like over 30 years. Uh, he definitely had nothing to gain from fabricating a story. Um, like his, like he and his wife, uh, they, after all this happened, they had to move out of their house because it was owned by the church. Uh, they, they had no further education beyond, uh, you know, just like learning how to be a pastor. Um, uh, and you know, no job. So, so basically, you know, he was, uh, up shit Creek without a paddle, uh, you know, coming out with this. Um, so anyway, um, after he tries to keep this quiet, um, and just get Angelie out of his life, um, July 13th, uh, of 2014. So Brock did this on July 4th. Um, Angelie holds a Sunday service uh, that addressed the matter. It was two and a half hours long of just him uh, smearing Brock. Um, so, uh, you know, so Angelie and that um, Chris Mashimer guy, uh, you know, were saying a lot of nasty things about him, uh, said he was a proven liar, said he was a drug addict, um, that... Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I included just this quote um, from Angelie uh, talking about him getting drunk like a zombie. Um, and uh, they, they said he was an adulterer. And um, they said uh, that his motivation for his lies, as they said it was, um, were that he wanted to take control of the church after Angelie died. Um, which, like... Okay. Okay, guys. And then, just to clarify, Brock only told people close to him about the stuff? That's, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know who told uh, Angelie. I mean, that was that was my understanding of it from, from the things I read, that he didn't try to make a public statement. Uh, 
you know, he um, was being pretty, pretty discreet about it initially. Um, but, uh, but no, um, he was, um, he was a monster, apparently. Uh, there was a dude who said, um, like, you're not fighting flesh and blood. You're fighting the devil himself straight from the pits of hell. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's Brock. Um, now, uh, oh yeah, God, what else did he say? Um, it's, it's funny, uh, how, um, I don't know if I should use the word funny. It's kind of funny, but it's also horrifying and saddening. Um, when you hear the things that some of these people say, because they are so intensely homophobic. Um, uh, so this same guy, um, who said that, uh, was an usher, Mike Kish. Uh, he also said that, um, Brock's claims sounded like some kind of horror flick, gay porno thing. Unbelievable. Like, what does that even mean? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what a horror flick gay porno, um, would be. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Oh, actually, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I was, well, like, as soon as you said it, I started thinking, I was like, oh, no, I can't really think of anything. I'm like, sleepaway camp. No, that's trans. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre. No. And then I was like, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, the Babadook. <laughs> Sorry, if you didn't know, there was like a glitch on Netflix where Babadook was put in LGBT for some reason. Oh, I didn't realize that. That then was it became why. a meme, Bob, Babadook is gay. Nice. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm happy that the Babadook uh, supports the LGBT community. But anyway, yeah. So, so just all these comments about Brock. Mm-hmm. And, and he's devastated. He's embarrassed. He's humiliated. Um, now, like, there were people who believed Brock. Um, you know, uh, there were people who left the church, you know, at, at this time. Um, you know, uh, Obviously, Angelia denied the accusations, um, and he said that the reason he was going on this smear campaign, I mean, he wouldn't have called it that, uh, was because uh, Brock's family was demanding hush money. Um, I don't know if there's any validity to that. Um, But uh, eventually, Brock did actually file um, a sexual harassment lawsuit against Angelia in 2018. Um, and I, I think I mentioned earlier that that was settled out of court or I might not have. Anyway, that's what happened. Yes, you did. Uh, so yeah, uh, Brock had a rough go. Well, uh, I was going to say, but Brock wasn't the only person, was he? No. So, um, okay. Before I get into the other people, um, there's actually a really kind of funny thing here. Um, cause, uh, you know, the falling from grace series, uh, these were all written in 2014, and this was before uh, that tape of Angeli from 96 was made public. Um, so um, there's a note that, like, a similar wage of, def- not wage, uh, a similar wave of defections uh, happened in the mid-90s. Hmm. Wonder why? 
but yeah, at, at the time though, uh, we didn't know exactly what had happened. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, in, um, as like these things were coming out about Brock, uh, some other male, uh, ex members of the congregation, uh, were like, Hey, this sounds really fucking familiar. Um, so, uh, he, he really just kind of took an inordinate amount of interest in, uh, their genitals. Um, like, uh, he would routinely bring men into his office, uh, to examine their, you know, their packages and whatnot, uh, after vasectomies. Uh, remember, he's not a doctor. Uh, his supposed reason for that, um, was because he was concerned about the swelling and, uh, said, like, he would pray for them. Um, and I, I just had to include this quote in here, um, where he's talking about, you know, what he would do for these men. Um, I don't know, like look at their dicks and probably, I don't know. Uh, but he said, uh, one of them, his testicles fell out and he didn't know what to do. <laughs> and like the interviewer was like, his testicles fell out. And it was just a really strange, uh, uh, exchange. Okay, I will. I will say. I think you you skipped a little bit because because oh. you you just said that these men were getting uh, vasectomies. I, I think you forgot to mention why why they were getting vasectomies. Did just these practitioners of the church just all just decide to get them all together? I want to talk about that more in detail later. Can I do that? Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Um, there's a big reason for that, um, but I did not structure my notes that way. Um, so, uh, so yeah, as he was, uh, getting called into question about, you know, doing that, um, he was like, uh, like I was a farm boy. We thought nothing about undressing. We didn't know about homosexuals, which like whatever that means. Um, he, he also said, um, I, I just thought this was like the, the funniest thing. Um, he was like, uh, they called Jesus a homosexual. Did you know that? <laughs> and still do. Cause he was with men. Oh, Mary Magdalene and a few women, but you can't stop the people's lies. Like I've literally, I don't know. Have you ever heard anyone call Jesus a homosexual? Uh, me and my mom were just talking about it on Friday. Oh, God damn well, there, there's a show that apparently my cousin Ben did that is uh, it's about Jesus and the Twelve Apostles being gay. Ah. I forget what the show is called. Uh, it's Corpus Christi. It takes place in Texas. Jesus and all of his disciples are gay. I think they're all like, like he's Joshua and like they're like more like modern day names. I think Judas is 100% the same. I mean, it's such a cool name. You can't change that. And I think him and Judas are gay in that because I was I was talking about Jesus Christ Superstar, and I was like, Judas is a hundred percent gay coded in that. You're absolutely right. Because he literally sings a song. I don't know if I can love him about Jesus. I thought that was well. I mean, because Mary Magdalene Mary sings, sa- sings it but first. Then he also Judas sings, sings the it. reprise. I guess I I didn't ever think of it as a gay coded thing. I just thought of it as him 
you know, being his friend, but actually when you think of him as being gay coded and he's gay coded otherwise, I mean, he is, Judas is the most, um, compelling character yeah. in that movie. I mean, like, Judas is he's the, the most compelling he's of the 12 disciples. Cause that's the yeah. only disciple I can name off the top of my head other than John the Baptist, maybe, but only because he's the Baptist. Like yeah. Judas is the second fame second. And you might take umbrage with me, Christians. I've never read the Bible. I can name Jesus, John the Baptist, and Judas. Well, I think, um, I don't know. I think Angelie would probably agree with you that, I mean, oh, God. Judas is gay. Not that Judas was gay-coded in that movie. Uh, just that he would probably say, like, yeah, uh, Judas. I don't want him to it. agree with me on anything. <laughs> no, 100%. Like, Judas is in love with Jesus in that movie, whether or not it's just plutonic or homo- plutonic. homosexual. Did I say plutonic, not platonic? Plutonic. I'm so sorry. No, I, I like that, though. Plutonic. Um, so, uh, so okay. Casean uh, and Angelie agree on one thing, oh, that God. the um, Jesus Fuck. and the disciples were probably gay. Um, no. <laughs> this, I don't want this to be my legacy. <laughs> Put up in oh. newspapers. Case and agrees with Ernest Angley. <laughs> well, so uh, here were some other creepy things he did. Um, so he, as uh, as a pastor, um, he did do marital counseling for members of his congregation. Um, sure. And uh, he told couples that like they weren't allowed to see an outside counselor because um, he said that outside camp counselors would have a doctorate of devils. Um, the PhD stands for devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, uh, when he would be in these like couples counseling sessions, he would just like ask a lot of questions about sex when it was not relevant. And he would ask a lot of questions about guys' dicks. Um, like, uh, this one guy, um, Kenny Montgomery, uh, describes an incident where, um, he is asking him to just like tell him about stuff. And he put his hands over his mouth and started like stroking his chin, licking his lips. And he described that as being pretty creepy. Um, he asked about his penis size. Um, another guy uh, said essentially the same thing. Um, he was asking me in a nutshell why I was so frisky all the time. He said, is it because you have a big penis? Um, Becky Roadman said, uh, Angelie had my husband in his office and sat right next to him, asking him details about his penis. Um, like, this, it goes on and on and on, man. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, um, so, like, this is, like, what he was doing himself. But, like, uh, Angel was not the only one who was sexually abusing people in this church. Um, what? Sexual abuse in the church? I know. What a, Never what a heard shock, of that. Right? Um, Shania Twain. Wait. Don't. I don't know the thing about Shania Twain. Don't. D- I don't no, know. didn't she come on, like, SNL and, like, hold up the thing that the Pope is the enemy? Oh. Oh, and you then- Sinead O'Connor? Oh, Shana- damn it, Sinead <laughs> O'Connor. That's who I meant. I'm I so it sorry. SNL. It was like uh, I think it was 100 percent SNL. 
It was like one. It was like a big TV show. Because I think she's banned from SNL now. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The Pope is the enemy. The Pope is the enemy. I I Uh, think I think Pope Francis is pretty chill. He seems okay. He does seem. He seems like pro gay. At least, like he doesn't seem as con condem condem condemnation condemnatory. Yes. He like I think he said like no gays will go to heaven or hell depending on uh things they've done in their life not just because they're gay. So I, I appreciate that, Francis. Fran- I Fran- didn't remember fuck. if he'd actually said that. I just remembered him saying that like he would welcome them in. But yeah. maybe he's gone as far as to say that. I I don't know. I don't keep up to date on him. I'm not Catholic. Sorry, mother-in-law. I'm not Catholic. Um. Never mind. My husband is not Jewish. He's He's not? not No. I'm like, I'm not going to say it because that will dox you, but I'm like, it's a pretty Jewish name. It is a pretty Jewish name. It's it's about as Jewish as they come. But no, his dad is Jewish. Mom is not. Um, Okay. Well, that's enough about that. We don't care about your husband. He wasn't on my show. Yeah, fuck him. Um, So anyway, uh, yeah, Angeli, he also really like just, turned a blind eye uh, to the rampant sexual abuse that was happening in his church um, when it was directly reported to him. Uh, so there was this, uh, this guy, Shane McCabe, um, who, uh, like, starting at age 15, um, he started getting sexually abused by uh, a close Angley associate. Uh, they have not been named. Um, happened several times over the course of a year um but um a few years later he did finally tell Angeli and he blew him off um and uh he he asked if he had told anybody and he said no and he was like let's keep it a secret uh and he like like so why the fuck would he do that like he said uh that this is the way we need to handle it because God's mercy is great. And, uh, like, ugh. Um, so, uh, at the same time that McCabe was getting abused, um, his future wife, Kim, um, was being abused by a different church member. Um, you know, so she's also a teenager and this is happening. Uh, she told her mom, who naturally called Angeli. He told her not to tell anybody. She was a devout follower, so she did not tell anybody. Um, and uh, finally, um, you know, Shane and Kim started dating, and uh, they eventually tell each other about their mutual horrific experiences. Uh, they also learned that another friend of theirs was being abused by somebody else at the same time they were being abused. So, like, this I is just, all happening. I just imagine the horrifying conversation. Be like, hey, babe, I have to be honest with you. And then they say it, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> Me, too. Hashtag. Just- and then they bring in their friend, and they're like, hey, buddy, we got to tell you something. And then he's like, I got to tell you something. And it's the same thing. Terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry for making light of that. But no, it's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, it's just like, 
you know, and remember, like, we were going through that, that timeline earlier, and there are those other horrifying things that are happening. Like, this is all happening. If um, only there was something we could have, if only there was a sign. <laughs> and like, uh, so I, I, I grabbed a little snippet from uh, an interview with Angelie, um, where like somebody was addressing this and they were like, you know, shouldn't others be warned? Like when this stuff is happening and he was like, uh, well, yeah, if they're dangerous, like what the fuck did he consider dangerous? (sighs) And he said it wasn't his place to report such things to the authorities also. Well, at least he doesn't find uh, homosexuals dangerous. You know, actually, okay. I guess that's one thing we, we agree on. Cause that would be, that would be interesting if he, if he had turned in the homosexuals, but he didn't. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. <laughs> uh, he he occasionally did. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go down that route. Um, but yeah, so uh, Shane Kim, they they did get married, um, but uh, they eventually left the church in 2010. Um, in their last meeting with Angelie, um, he wanted Shane to recount to him in minute detail. Uh, apparently, this was the fourth time uh, he wanted to recount in minute detail um, what had happened to him. Uh, so uh, apparently, the second time he asked for details, uh, like um, like he figured, like he's probably just checking to make sure like the story matched. Uh, but then, you know, after he kept asking about it. Uh, you know, Shane was thinking like, I don't think that's his motive. Like, uh, gotta know there's something up at that point. Yeah. And and like, it was, it was graphic. Like he, like, sure. If you ask once and maybe twice just to clarify, but if he, I think asking something like that three times, you gotta be like, okay, you need to stop, man. And then four times. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's just disgusting. I mean, so like he's, you know, obviously very transparently just like getting off on these stories of abuse, um, which is just, uh, I mean, that's horrifying in its own right. Um, there's a story about another member of the church who was abused throughout her youth. Um, and, uh, basically, um, when she brought it up with Angelie, uh, he had a meeting with her and the man that she accused. And he, like, basically just gave the guy a slap on the wrist. Um, he saved him again. He made him say a prayer. And that was that. Uh, and he also blamed her. He said that um, the abuse was partly the fault of her actions. Um, which is just, uh, I mean, fills me with such, uh, unbridled rage. Um, you know, naturally that's fucked up. Uh, sorry. I'm just imagining. And he never asked me to, to explain what he did to me. Unlike all the guys. (laughs) Oh God. 
Uh, yeah. I'm like a hundred percent sure that he he would have asked all the guys the details, but when the girl does it, he's like, I don't need to know the details. No, icky. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that got me icky. <laughs> so, uh, another, um, you know, this was like uh, a weird thing that happened. Um, oh, a weird thing! <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Um, so there was a, a member of the church, uh, her name's, uh, CJ Coker. Um, Angelie basically kind of like arranged for her to marry this guy who was a convicted sex offender. Um, and he knew that about him. Like, um, he told her like some bullshit about like what his charges were. He, he was in prison when she met the guy, um, and they exchanged letters and, um, uh, they eventually got married, um, and then she found out, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to tell you what his offense was. It was, it was really horrific. Um, so when she found out, she was very horrified. Um, she said, uh, that she was so upset that she literally vomited. Um, and, uh, that Angelie ruined her life. So, uh, speaking of Angelie, um, pushing people into decisions and ruining lives, let's get back to those vasectomies, why don't we? Don't say it like that. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have, like, raised my eyebrows like that either, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, you didn't have to mention it, the folks at home can't see you. I know. I was apologizing to you. <laughs> so, All right, uh, so let's get into those vasectomies. <laughs> okay, that's way creepier, what you just did. <laughs> I was bouncing my eyebrows, everyone. Yeah, I apologize. Was... Yeah, you should. Too far, too far. So vasectomies. Um, yeah, Case Ann asked me, uh, why were all these men in the congregation getting vasectomies? Uh, was it a group decision? They did it for fun. Um, they did it on a dare. Um, <laughs> they were in the area. They thought, oh, I might as well. <laughs> That's why I got my tattoo. Yeah, you know, like impulse decisions, uh, you know, they work for small things like, uh, you know, like that. Groceries. Uh, buying an action figure, some comic books. Vasectomies, No. So, uh, Angley, he urged, uh, and I would say coerced, um, almost to the point of forcing, um, he coerced members of his congregation, uh, to get vasectomies, abortions, uh, you name it. Um, which, you know, is honestly really unusual for, um, a right wing church, um, you know, yeah. cause they tend to be, uh, very pro fetus. Um, yeah, not, I brought this up in the notes. Yeah, uh, sorry, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to step on you if you wanted to mention that now or if you wanted to mention that later. No, no, you said it exactly. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, he, um, would, you know, persuade them to do this even when they explicitly did not want to. Um, there was, uh, someone who said, uh, you're not allowed to have babies there. Uh, 
that he makes all the men get fixed. Um, so, uh, there was, um, a woman, uh, Ange- Angelia, Angelia, I actually don't know how to say her first name, Oborn, uh, who, um, her husband had gotten a vasectomy, um, and, uh, they, you know, he got the vasectomy at Angelie's urging, obviously, um, and they wanted to reverse it, uh, but then she was thinking, like, you know, but now I'm 35 years old, uh, which it's actually kind of funny to think of that as being old for having kids, because I'm thinking, like, I don't want to have kids until I'm at least 30. Um, oh, yeah, but, if you look up, like, Adam ruins things, that's entirely untrue. Nice. Good. Uh, but still, regardless, you know, they were forced into uh, this choice. Um you know, she said, uh, that choice was made for me, uh, because of the brainwashing, the mind control, we weren't allowed to have children. If you turned up pregnant, it's almost as if you had sinned. Um, apparently he, he once advised, uh, one of her friends to think of her growing fetus as a tumor. Um, which, uh, you know, I, I, I had to mention this cause you know, sometimes I, I kind of think of a fetus that way, but you know, it's kind of like if the person carrying it thinks of it as a baby, it's a baby, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's her choice. Precisely. Uh, So yeah, the the friend who's, who was told, um, you know, it was a tumor, um, uh, was like four months pregnant um, and went to uh, the abortion clinic you know, because of Angelie's urging. And uh, she was talking to her baby. She was saying how sorry she was. Like, it's horrifying. Um, There's another woman who uh, wouldn't come forward with her name, but she was forced to have four abortions. Like, holy shit. Um, There's a woman, um, Mimi Camp, um, who was pressured into an abortion. when she got pregnant, uh, she had honestly figured it was going to be exciting news when she told her husband, uh, but he got upset, uh, you know, quoted some angely BS saying it was against God's will. Um, so like she, she went to talk with angely and, uh, he like went into some sort of vision. I will put in quotations and, um, okay, and I'm going to stare it off into space until you could think of an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, okay, I'm going to quote him here. Uh, I'm going to say a word I would not normally say. Um, I just want to give that disclaimer. Is it a slur? It is a slur. Uh, do you want me to just not say it? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not say it. You can okay. say at least like the letter slur. Okay. Um, So he said, uh, thus saith the Lord, if you have this child, it could take your life or be our word. And you won't be the mother to your other two children. Because she did have two other children. Um, But yeah, um, so he basically threatened her with the possibility that, you know, if she had this baby, uh, it was going to have an intellectual disability, um, which is just, uh, you know, so manipulative. Uh, I mean, but I, I don't know, maybe, you know, he actually got this vision from God. Um, 
No. Who knows? No, he didn't. He absolutely fucking didn't. Um, no, God isn't going to tell him, yeah, <laughs> that baby might come out R-worded. <laughs> no, God's not going to say that. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, so, but, but yeah, she, uh, she, she did go through with the abortion, even though she, she deeply regretted it. Um, now, uh, Angel himself, um, he said that he didn't, uh, you know, force anybody to do anything. He didn't coerce anyone to do anything that he merely suggested them to do these things. Um, and uh, so his his reason he gave for, you know, why they shouldn't be having kids was that he said, you know, that this was just a bad time for children. Um, you know, he said, like, I wouldn't want to be brought into the world now. Um, and, oh, uh, no. That's why I don't want to have kids. Yeah. Well. God damn it. But, uh, but I mean, it's like his reasons, though, are like, you know, not because... Um, you know, uh, overpopulation and, uh, climate change and things like that. No, it's because I'm like, uh, uh, leftist ideals are, are moving forward oh, and stuff, okay, never things mind. like that. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so he was saying something about how like, uh, you know, the faith, the faithful are, aren't strong anymore. And, um, so the interviewer was like, uh, like, you know, you still wouldn't want to bring a kid into the world, uh, or be in the world as a kid, even if you had strong faith. And so, uh, his answer was, uh, it was really fascinating to me. Um, he said, no, because the people of strong faith go down and their children are in danger. It wasn't like when I was a kid, we could walk up and down the streets, we could play all night and we were not molested at all. <laughs> Why would you say that Ernest? <laughs> of all the things you could say. Why would you bring that one up specifically? Like the fact that you're mentioning it like that. You're, you know, they do say that you project onto yeah. other people. Absolutely. No, I did. So you brought it up. I wanted to bring up a point. So his wife died in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of wonder if like she was the only one he wanted to have children with. Mm -hmm. And because they never had. Because I was going to ask, did they ever... Was there any notes like they they tried to have kids because they were married? It you said was he born in the twenties and they were married in the forties? He was born in nineteen twenty one. Yeah, because he was ninety nine when he died. Um, yeah, no, he was married for thirty years. I can't yeah. imagine that they, especially in the forties, fifties, sixties, when they were married, that they didn't try to have kids. I want to say either is because he couldn't have kids at all and like he kept that hidden maybe because his wife died and he's like, well, I don't want to have kids. I feel entirely like he was projecting that on to people that he couldn't have kids that no one should have kids. Huh? That's actually a really good theory. Uh, I actually didn't even think about that. Um, no, I only thought about it when you said his wife, uh, when you brought up his wife about that. Yeah, honestly, I think you, you might be onto something. Because <laughs> most Christians are pro-life, no matter the circumstances. They don't care whose baby it was, what the circumstances of conception were. They're like, you should keep that. And he's Let's like the clear. only one. Not most Christians. Most um, fire and brimstone Christians. 
I would say most Christians who are Republican. Well, yeah, and fire and brimstone Christians. I've never met a Christian who wasn't like, yeah, I believe in de- in the Democratic Party. What? Have you met my mom? I know you haven't met my mom. No, of course. I was at your wedding, but like, I didn't go, hey, it's so nice to meet you, Roxanne's mom. I, I do Dungeons and Dragons every Sunday with your daughter. <laughs> and then you didn't ask her about her religious beliefs and her views on politics and abortion? Yeah. What class would you play if you were in D&D, Roxanne's mom? Oh, you don't know them? Let me list all 13 of them. Oh, God. Anyway. But I have to explain each uh, of them because otherwise they're just words. <laughs> Other than fighter. I don't really need to explain fighter to anyone. No. no. You want to know what a fighter does? He fights. But yeah, but anyway, yeah. So I posit that's why he wanted people aborted and vasectomied. So... I think that's a good theory, and I think uh, there may very well be some truth to that. Um, and we'll there... never know, because he's dead as hell now. Yeah. Maybe he had, like, diaries, but... And he's probably got medical records somewhere, but, like, do you destroy someone's medical records when they die? Well, with HIPAA, you're supposed to maintain uh, any of those records uh, for seven years after. Interesting. Because I'm like... You should keep them just in case they have any descendants or stuff, but like obviously he doesn't. Um, but like, I'm like, yeah, you you shouldn't really keep those because <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think seven years definitely makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, that's my thought. So uh, somebody in the church actually had a a theory for why he, he might have had an ulterior motive for keeping his congregation from having kids. And honestly, I, I gotta say, like, I thought, like, yeah, this sounds like a, there's, it's plausible, but I feel like your theory makes more sense. But anyway, uh, so this guy, Greg I Mulkey. I am correct. I think you're correct. I, I think these are probably both true, actually, but so, I think yeah, yours so. is the core. Um, so Greg Mulkey, um, and I might have mentioned his name earlier, um, but uh, you know, I didn't have this information in front of me right at that moment. Um, uh, I know I'm going to talk about him later. Uh, so he was actually a pretty prominent figure uh, at the church uh, before he left. Um, he sang in the hallelujahs. They're like the choir. Uh, he was uh, featured on their TV broadcasts. Um, anyway, uh, Mulkey said uh, that he thought Angelie didn't want people to have kids because it would take their time and money away from the church. Um, like that's just more people to brainwash, though. That, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I mean, I thought, like, you know, Angelie is, like, you know, he's purposely culling his flock. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe he thought, because I can't have kids... Uh, you know, I'm not going to have like a legacy really after I die because uh, I'm a sociopath and I don't care about anyone who's not my flesh and blood, really. Um, and so, yeah, probably, so the people in yeah. it, like I was going to say, even the people in his flock wouldn't be, he wouldn't consider them his children because then he would be like, yeah, have more children. My family grows bigger. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he uh, he cared about any of them. <laughs> And he just kind of probably saw it as what, like the man with the Boeing seven forty seven didn't care about his. <laughs> I don't what know, his parishioners, parishioners, congregation, flock, sheeple, uh, 
yeah, his sheep, man, they, they really were sheeple. Poor sheeple. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so Ernest and families, um, he, uh, he definitely had a tendency to, uh, just like divide families. Um, uh, there was a woman, um, Pam Cable, I might've mentioned her earlier, um, who, uh, I just really liked what she said. Um, she was like, uh, God is the creator of the family, not the destroyer of the family. I've seen too many families destroyed sitting in that man's ministry. Um, cause that's like 100% what he, what he would do. Like, um, he, uh, whenever, um, like somebody would leave the church, he would then advise their family members to shun them. Uh, he would say that that person was devil possessed. Um, he also had just kind of like some silly things he would say to keep them, uh, you know, shunning them. Like, um, he like would say like, you know, if you see them out in public, like don't even look at them because, uh, if they look at you, the demons that are in them, uh, they can jump into you, uh, you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, he, he split up marriages. Um, Mimi Camp, who we talked about earlier, um, you know, Angelie, uh led to her divorce because um, uh, she wanted to leave. Her husband wanted to stay. Uh, Kenny Montgomery. Um, he divorced oh, the woman you just said, was that the one that got the abortion? Yes. Okay. Um, and I want to just mention, uh, real quick here. I think these people are so brave. Um, Oh, obviously. Yeah. Like, especially if like the church leaders, like if anyone leaves, you will no longer be welcome in our service. Like the, like, especially how long you've been there, you've grown up with them possibly like you've done so much stuff with them and because you're like, this isn't for me, I don't like what's going on here. Like, the people that you still care about, they they are no longer allowed to talk to you anymore. No, it, it's tragic. Um, like, uh, yeah. There, um, I mean, there are just, like, a lot of stories like that. Like, and he doesn't just tell them to shun them. Uh, he would also like, um, you know, in his Take sermon, them off your Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. Probably, yeah. Uh, but he would like name their names, like from like the pulpit. Is that the right word? Um, he, you know, sling mud. Um, there was a, so there's one guy, um, Kenny Montgomery, who, um, divorced his first wife because he was leaving the church. Um, and then when he got married a second time, uh, because, you know, he wasn't getting married in the church, uh, his parents didn't want to come to the wedding. And, uh, you know, because it wasn't there and his parents were still very much in this church. Uh, so then they didn't talk for seven years. Um, yeah, Pam Cable, uh, who we talked about earlier. Um, Angely, uh Put it into their 17 year long marriage. Um, she said that Angelie ruled her life day in and day out, um, but she lost her patience with his psychological dominance. 
Uh, but her husband, uh, you know, he, he was cool with that. Uh, you know, uh, probably a white man. I'm just going to guess. Um, like, uh, they went on a mission trip actually, uh, at one point to Hawaii, uh, which happened to coincide with their 10th wedding anniversary. And Angelie said that they were not allowed to stay in the same hotel room. (laughs) And, uh, so when she started questioning that, uh, he said she was demon possessed. I'll spend the day, the <laughs> nights with your husband. Make sure he doesn't have any demons inside of him. Uh, yeah, it's just like he would just say the stupid. Like I shouldn't say the stupidest things. No, I I will say the stupidest things, the craziest things to keep people in line. Pastors say the darndest things, and uh, you know, people by and large ate it up um and speaking of eating let's talk about the buffet oh back to the buffet again yeah so um so yeah uh the cathedral buffet um is somewhere that i guess like most people who live in this area have some experience of eating there um i never did neither Um, have i yeah thankfully uh, we have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, God damn it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, it was a for-profit restaurant. I want to be clear about that. Um, but the people who would work there uh, were volunteers, which, um, that, is, that is very illegal. Um, that's, that's literally uh, slave labor. Um, and uh, also, you know, not only were they um, slaves and, you know, he was doing this illegally, uh, he would also just, like, really overwork them. Um, like, and, like, there um, were some people, I guess, who were actually getting paid. Uh, but, like, they weren't getting paid for, like, all of the hours they were working. Um, and... Uh, like he was very inconsistent with paying them. Uh, just, just a really shitty employer, you know, um, a really shitty, sl- I mean, I guess what? as far as slave owners go, I mean, you know, maybe he's on the better end, but, um, no, there's no, there's no such thing as a good slave owner, I suppose. George Washington. No. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Definitely not. No. But, um, Alexander Hamilton. He didn't have slaves, right? I'm I'm pretty. It was I. I think his father-in-law made him get slaves, and that they skip it over in the musical for obvious reasons. Don't upset me. I don't want to know. Let's not talk about this. I mean, I'll learn about it later. Historians are like Hamilton is the devil's musical. (laughs) He yeah he probably hated Hamilton. Uh, well, he probably secretly loved it because it turned him on. Sorry, um, Ernest An- Angley? Ernest Angley, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you keep saying he. Oh, yeah. Well, he, you know, like the um, capitalized he. Um, the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, first time the government uh, got involved at the buffet uh, was in 1999. Uh, that was when that um, worker was stabbed. 
you know, sorry. She was working there? Well, she was working. She wasn't getting paid. Um, but, but yeah, she was a volunteer there. Um, she was slaving away. Yeah. A 15 year old girl was slaving away and she got stabbed to death. Um, and, uh, oh, actually, no, sorry. I, my bad. Um, she was, no. Okay. I, I misread my notes. She was a volunteer. She was stabbed by another volunteer. Um, but anyway, uh, at that point, uh, you know, the U S department of labor was like, wait a minute, like there were volunteers, uh, working at this for-profit restaurant. That's not supposed to happen. (laughs) And, uh, so it just took a stabbing for them to realize. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh God. Cheese and rice indeed. Um, so, uh, yeah, the church was like, uh, technical difficulties. Where would I be without them? That's the fourth time with you. It's happened. I think we had a bunch on the last two episodes and I've had a couple on the other episodes without you. I was going to say that maybe I was the problem, but, uh, evidently not. No, no. But yes, we were in the middle about going back to the buffet, and then we had brought up, uh, I think the was it the FCC, uh, the um, U.S. Labor Department. Um, not at all. Well, I, I was not close. Nope. Uh, the FCC they investigated that other guy, Rex Humbard. No, I said FCC. Oh, FCC. Um, they won't let was, me be. No, they try to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. No, that's 100% what I was thinking of. Sorry. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, after, you know, they were investigated, um, the church was like, yeah, we'll stop. But uh, they started again, obviously, because that's just... Ernest told a lie. Can't believe it. Um, yeah. And, like, uh, before, like, they, they got audited, like... Um, the employees were like coached on like you know what to say they were like instructed to destroy time cards and shit like or no they were coached in ways to to answer questions where they weren't technically lying um and so after that audit he did begin to comply with wage and hour laws for a bit it just didn't last um and then he you know yeah started using slaves again uh, so anyway, <laughs> he, um, would say that, like, uh, you know, the reason he used volunteers, uh, was because, uh, people like to work for the Lord. Uh, and, uh, he said that, like, they didn't really make anything off of it. They would only use the money for missions. Um, but, uh, you know, he also did pour a lot of money into a failed Bible college. Um, so there's that. Uh, so on the site of his original um, Grace Cathedral uh, in Springfield Township, that did become uh, Grace Bible College. Um, but, um, yeah, it is, it is defunct now. Um, he... Um, I guess did eventually uh, admit that that was a bad move. 
which is actually really, uh, you know, I got to admire him for, for that. Um, there aren't many things I could say about that. Uh, but um, while we're talking about a, uh, we're talking about colossal uh, mistakes. Um, actually, I don't know if he'd consider this a mistake. Um, let's talk about his uh, Boeing 747. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, Angelie bought a, a big-ass jet. Um, and uh, a really funny thing about it is um, he, uh, he said that, um, like a long time before he bought it, that uh, the Lord promised it to him. Which is just a, a really strange thing uh, to, to do or to talk about. Or like, did he ask him for it? Um, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, apparently he would use it uh, a few times a year uh, to go on, like, distant mission trips, you know, because he was going all over the world. Uh, he, um, like, would not reveal how much he paid for it originally, um, but it has been estimated at $26 million. And... Um, to also give you an idea of how much it costs to operate this thing, um, so uh, the cost for one Philip uh, at the time this article was written was uh, $240,000 um, to fill up that thing's tank. Uh, so they operated the yearly operate. Sorry, they estimated. Uh, the yearly operating costs to be about $2.16 million. Uh, so, like, you know, he's not, he's not making anything, though, off of the buffet or his... I feel like it's entirely impossible for you to fuel... May, like, maybe once? Like, like, how much is that buffet making? Well, I was going to say, also, the... TV show, his books, like like 100 TV show and books are the main source yeah, of revenue. Oh yeah. I don't like sure you get some money from the buffet, but it's not going to be like because it's only one location. It's not like he's mm -hmm. got a chain of restaurants. No. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I don't want to. No. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> so um. So anyway, uh. Some other just little sketchy things about this plane. Um, it was actually registered in Aruba, um, probably for tax reasons that I don't understand. Um, but uh, when Angelie was asked about this, he said that he was just following orders from God. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, he had also been uh, quoted as saying that um, I don't waste God's money like most churches. Bold words. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so actually, you know, another thing he was doing to, to get money for his church and for, you know, all of his shenanigans uh, was just like donations from people, like large ones. Um, he really, um, he pressured people to give money to the church. Uh, 
There was a, a guy um, who gave the church like $80,000 over a five-year period. Um, he said himself that he was guilted into giving it, uh, that he was brainwashed, he was manipulated. Like, these words just keep coming up. Uh, he would like ask for funds, um, and they would it would come with like a warning about the impending end of the world. And like, I, I don't, I don't really know how that works, because it's like, the world's ending, give me your money. Like, what? What, what do you need it for then? <laughs> Um, he, uh, he would actually host these, like, these love offerings is what they called them, uh, when he would beg, uh, his congregation for money. Um, and he'd talk about the rapture and say, you don't want to be left behind. Um, and, uh, yeah, there are lots of sad stories about people giving him money, uh, and a lot of them regretting it. <sighs> So, Ernest Angley, he, uh, how, how do I, how do I sum him up? Because um, that's actually the end of my notes explicitly. Um, he was a con man. Um, he was a walking, talking wax doll uh he was such a strange person um that it was he was kind of easy to make fun of uh you know like um robin williams had a, a character um the reverend Ernest angry um but like uh you know when we talk about when most people talk about Ernest angley it, it's kind of like as a joke um, I, I feel like a lot of, uh, the serious nature of things he did to people, um, are not, uh, are not really made that public. Um, you know, I remember when he died, uh, in 2021, uh, seeing a lot of people upset about it. Um, you know, his, his church has now been taken over, um, by, um, that guy, uh, Chris Mashimer, uh, yeah. uh, and I think the other dude whose name I forget, and honestly, I don't care. Uh, the Grace Cathedral still sits with Ernest Angley's name on it, and I just think it's such an insult to all of the people he abused, all of the people he manipulated, all the people whose lives he just completely destroyed. And uh, every time I see it, I get so angry. Can I, can I tell you a, can I tell you a, a secret? It's not going to be a secret now. I mean, like, you're going to yeah. tell the I'm audience, I'm going to tell everybody. Uh, I, like, I had a dream, like, uh, maybe a year or two ago about um, blowing up his church. <laughs> and I woke up, and I felt like, ah, that was nice. Um no, I don't want to blow up Ernest Angeli's church. I want to be clear about that. Um, yes, NSA, please don't yeah. take these words as actionable. We Ignore all the fertilizer Roxanne has been buying. <laughs> yeah, we, we do not support acts of terrorism. Um, but uh, We do not negotiate with terrorists. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I do think um, 
like, I don't know who needs to be contacted. I don't know what grassroots organization we need to start. Uh, but like, we need to get his name off of that fucking building. Um, you know, it is still owned by his whole church. I mean, it still exists, but like, we know what happened there. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's so upsetting that all of these horrifying things happened there and his name is still on the side of that building for people to just see on their daily commute. And they might be people who experienced those horrific things right there. All right. I think that brings us to mostly a close. You told me before we started recording this that you had a very silly thing to talk about. I've not been told what this is. Specifically, I told her not to tell me what it was. Okay. Because you told me after all this, you know, it was kind of a downer, all of it. We need we needed something to bring it bring us up a little bit here at the end. All right. Uh, well, now. What is this silly thing of indeterminate origin? Now I feel like... Uh... Uh, you've, you've built me up a little bit, so I, I hope that this lives up. Um, That's right, buttercup. Because I, I will be kind of winging this. Uh, so um, now, uh, obviously, Ernest Angley, real piece of shit. Um, but uh, I, uh, as Casey knows, and as anyone who knows, well, anyone who knows me personally and actually cares about me knows, and as I have mentioned on previous episodes of this podcast, um, I'm a really big fan of the Jim Varney character, uh, Ernest P. Worrell. Um, my favorite movie of all time is Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, I think it's too sacred to bring on this podcast. Um, yes, you were afraid that I was going to tear this movie apart. Yeah. And then you suggested Killer Clowns from Outer Space because the puppets mm -hmm. uh, make a reappearance. Precisely. Yeah. Um, so, um, so anyway... Uh, now, funny little thing, um, when I was compiling my resources on this, um, I, like, titled, uh, my Google Doc folder, um, Ernest Fucks Up a Cult, um, you know, in the style of the various Ernest movies, like, Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Scared Stupid, Ernest Goes to Jail, you know, Ernest Does This Thing. Uh, so, I, like, I want to imagine what Ernest fucking up this cult would actually look like. So, uh, so first. You say you're going to pitch me the Ernest movie where he fucks up a cult? Well, it's not, I'm not pitching you a movie. Um, this is, this is an actual thing I think we should do. Um, yeah. So, um, I, uh, so I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just want to say, um, Jim Varney, uh, wherever you are out there, I don't know what your religious beliefs were, so um, I, I, I'm sorry if uh, this offends you. I think you would actually probably appreciate this. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, okay, we need to, um, you know, resurrect uh, Jim Varney um, somehow. Yes, we'll get right on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but like as, as Ernest, obviously, um, or, or, you know, that seems like that, might not be doable. So uh, what I am thinking is there is probably a Worrell descendant living in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, who has been carrying the curse 
of the evil Reverend Ernest Angley. You know, the, the seventh son of the seventh son, the baby of the boy, one of those, you know, um, a bunch of movie references you don't get because you've never seen that movie. Um, the but, seventh son of the seventh son, like Sorcerer's Apprentice? I've never seen that movie. Um, but uh, so we get the world descendant who lives in Cuyahoga Falls. Um, and we, uh, we figure out how they can then resurrect the evil Reverend Ernest Angley so he can be truly defeated. Because, uh, you know, he just died, like, as an old man, never really paying for his crimes. You know, that's no fun. Um, so uh, I'm, I have just a hunch that the way for them to do it is um, the night before. Uh, what day did he die? The night before May 7th. So on May 6th, which, you know, it's coming up. We could do it this spring. Um, that world descendant, um, we'll, just, we'll just call them Ernest for, you know, uh, brevity. Um, Ernest uh, will need to place their hand on Rex Humbard Tower like this and say, Yea, I call thee forth. Angely, and beat on it three times. And uh, so then Angely will rise up out of his grave uh, where he is uh, buried. Um, he is buried uh, at the site of, like, the original Grace Cathedral. Um, so now he's going to be out and he's going to be wreaking havoc, uh, zombie, wax man, Angely. Um, but he will need to uh, collect five souls before the following night in order to remain in corporeal form. So, uh, I think, here's... I think he should resurrect at a wax museum because his body's too far gone. Oh, I like that. Okay. Like, like, like they make a wax statue of him. Yikes. And like the proprietors love him and that's why they did it. So that's like a couple souls already there. Oh, shit. Well, I feel like he has to, it has to be a soul that's like willing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It has to be a willing soul. If they made a wax figurine of Ernest Angley, obviously he's going, like that person will give up their soul for him. You, yeah. You might be right. Okay. So he's got the wax artist. We'll, we'll say, we'll, we'll say it's the artist and like their, their, their wife. Man, I don't know. The wife might not have been on board. Don't don't help evil zombie Angel. Evil dies tonight. Yeah. So um, you know, some one way or another. And I, I think I think Ernest doesn't do it on purpose. I think Ernest does it by accident. Yes. Well, yeah, because it's like a witchy person has to tell him, tell Ernest, like you know, stay away from the Grace Cathedral. You'll bring down the curse upon us all. And then just. It describes exactly how to and like Ernest has someone him. there and he leans against the tower and does it and he's like what are the chances of that happening and then a lightning bolt strikes it yeah yeah so you've seen the movie uh, <laughs> uh, so uh you know in the meantime um Ernest realizes what he has done uh you know he's which, sorry which Ernest the good one okay um yeah, this is going to get confusing. Um, he realizes he's a resurrected evil Ernest. 
and has to assemble like a ragtag team of children. Like Good Ernest is probably like a school janitor or something. I don't know. Um, but you know, he's friends with some kids who are spunky and, um, I, I don't have all the details worked out, but I think it, it has to somehow include, uh, some turtle paratroopers, uh, like descending from the top of Rex Humbard tower and, uh, like biting, uh, the Ernest Angley followers who are protecting Waxman Angley, um, and uh, anyway, when Angeli is eventually defeated um, with, um, I don't know, what do you think his weakness would be? I think the way to defeat Ernest Angeli is to accept his homosexuality. Oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> is, it, it's, it's, it's good Ernest and all the kids chanting, we accept you. <laughs> Yes! Oh! Yeah, okay, so then, like, they're, like, about to like, fight. Like, it's, like, it's like Goodwill Hunting, where, they, where Robin Williams says it's not your fault, but it's we accept you. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And the wax man breaks down into tears. Mm -hmm. And it's real tears. Real tears. But they're so hot, they melt him. Obviously. Yeah. And, and they warm his heart, like Jack Frost in the Santa Claus 3. So yeah, so good Ernest, like, you know, bad Ernest, like, wants to fight good Ernest, you know, because he's like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but good Ernest is like, he's like, no. I'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's like, no, that's, he's, he's trying to figure out what he's got to do. And uh, he, he realizes, yeah, that he's, he's got to accept himself and he, yeah, so then all the kids start chanting, and then er Good Ernest gives him a hug, and he, like, pins a pride pin onto him, and he doesn't realize it until it's already too late. Um, so, yeah. Um, and uh. then, after he melts from the tears, uh, all of the Ernest Angley followers... His name melts off the side of the church. Yes. It melts off the side, because it was also wax the whole time. And, uh, and, a, and a wax version of his wife comes in and also starts doing the chant. I think she would also be a side character. Like she's trying to stop her husband. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She also gets resurrected, but she's she's a good force. And like at one point, good Ernest, like, you yeah, know, she 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 meets up with good Ernest and tells him what yeah. he's done. Oh, my God. Yes. Esther. Thank this you. movie is writing itself. Yeah, this is a great movie. Um, but I, I, I do think it has to end with, like, the the congregation members who are still there, like, you know, have been manipulated. Uh, the fog is just lifted then. And they're like, oh, my God. I... We're horrible people. Well, hey, hey, that's... Oh, I Some of them about are. The one, I thought you were talking about the higher-up ones. Oh, no, the higher-up ones definitely are. But the other ones who've just been, you know, manipulated into uh, giving their entire lives to this church that abuses its congregation. Uh, no, the fog is lifted. Uh, there's uh, a lot of crying, uh, but also they're free. Their souls are free. Yes. So, uh, 
So yeah, I think we should do that. Um, May 6th is coming up. <laughs> Are you saying we resurrect him or that we just uh, we film that on May 6th specifically? I mean, I think we do this. We actually resurrect him. I mean, we can't do it. Only, you know. Ernest can. Yeah, the good Ernest can do it. But, but I mean, we could film it as it's happening. Uh, okay, I see what's happening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that's probably the weirdest way to end a podcast, especially when we're talking about all of this stuff. I mean, get what you, what you expect. This is a movie review show. I don't know what you were, what you were thinking. You know what? Actually, oh, side note. Yeah, what's up? After that, then uh, the cathedral is turned into an, LGBT movie theater. Harkening back to when he started in the theater. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. This hat. Okay. Yeah. We're do- we're doing this. This is happening. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do I write a petition to the hey mayor? Guys, if you if you listen to this, you're not allowed to steal that. Yeah. Don't you fuck we, with this, We've got the rights. I don't know how that fully works, but if you steal it, we we will come for you. Yeah. Um. Well. Roxanne, thank you so much for taking your time out. Uh, we've spent so much time together today. I'm not going to tell everyone, but we, we've we already been here for two hours, and I can assure you, me and her have been here for a lot longer. Um, Roxanne, you are my inaugural winner. Uh, thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you for being the winner. I guess I'll make the announcement now. You, you're, gonna, you're coming back. Oh, no. You're coming back for one round only. Uh, you're gonna face my mom and the winner of the new the, of the next podcast, uh, who hasn't been determined yet, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would announce it now. I have an idea of who it's gonna be, but that might be spoilers. So, yes, uh, we're gonna do one movie. I don't know what the movie is yet. At the end of this month, it is going to be Champion of Champions. Uh, and then we're gonna have a bunch of new people after that, hopefully. Um, so next week you'll be hearing from me and my mom. We're going to do podcasts about stuff. Me, we, she had pitched the idea of doing a commentary track on one of the podcast episodes. Oh boy. And I was like, I don't know if we can do that. So it might be that, but it might not be. Sounds kind of fun. I don't know. I also sound painful to do. Horribly. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. Uh, commiserations to Roxanne uh, for being the winner. We'll see if she can continue her winning streak at the end of the month. I look forward to destroying your mom and whoever else that person is. We will see. So then uh, I can talk about how we destroyed the Ernest Angeli Cathedral with love. Uh, maybe, maybe from now on it should just be us pitching a movie. I guess so, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll it's a see. documentary. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Uh, I will. I'll be here next week. I, I was gonna say I'll see you guys next week. I can't see you. Also, this isn't a video format. You won't see me either. I will. Uh, we know on this show that I'm the best boy. There's no other best boy here. No movie. <laughs> Are you trying to point at your cat? Yeah. My cat Whitey is the best boy. 
On today's episode, Whitey is the best boy. Don't forget, I'm always correct. <laughs> 